Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codenamed Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codenamed Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This season, we're looking at 16 years of DC animated movies to see which stories are sweet and which ones are sour on yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I am Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was when the Rosie O'Donnell talk show started airing on TV. And (laughs) because another character gets a talk show, would you rather get your problem solved by Rosie O'Donnell or Harley Quinn? That's the opening question today. Oh, God. Um, You know what? (laughs) To avoid, I don't want to spoil it because I think that this is one of my favorite scenes in this show. (laughs) I probably would actually go with Harley Quinn. I just want to try it out. I really want to try it out. (laughs) She is good at what she does. Yeah. Other acceptable responses, I'm assuming, were Ricky Lake and Montel. (laughs) <laughs> yeah their show started a little bit earlier i want i really oh. wanted to bring ricky lake into this but two years earlier and i think montel started in like 1991 uh wow she's uh clearly um daytime talk show television dominated our childhood along with animated <laughs> content uh but speaking about animated content and you know doctors having shows today we are talking about the animated feature Batman and Harley Quinn. Yes, Harley Quinn. We don't know Batman. We don't know what his credentials are, but we definitely know that Harley Quinn is a medical professional. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So at a runtime of 74 minutes, Sam Liu is back in the DC animation seat, the directorial seat. He is directing his 2017 film, which stems from the universe that we all know and love of the DC animated universe. I was actually really trying to figure out the timeline on this. Oh, like when this would have occurred? Yeah, like my guess is like either during or after the events of Justice League Unlimited. Right, because you got Nightwing Mm -hmm. and he's cool with Batman. So there's been some separation, but coming back together. uh, Yeah, I guess it could take place sometime after that. It would fit. Mm -hmm. That was like... The only the only reason why I had um, I was trying to figure out because like this is just me nitpicking, but uh, the Batmobile was the was in the upgraded version that we saw, I guess, like after, you know, Nightwing came back and everything like that. So I guess Batman's just reusing old cars or I don't know. This is again, this is just me nitpicking. The other one was in the shop. Okay, I got it. (laughs) This was the loner that he already owned. So we got the animation was done by DR Movie, a South Korean animation studio. 
who has done so much work already on the DC animated universe, including Batman, Mystery of the Batwoman. This was the animated film that was also connected to this universe. We got some work that they did on Avatar The Last Airbender and also the underrated series uh, from 2004, The Batman. They they were very much in love with Batman. (laughs) Time for the cast list, which for us is fortunately a very similar cast list that we've seen in the past, as we have Kevin Conroy voicing Batman, Lauren Lester is returning to his role as Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Um, he did he voiced Robin and Nightwing in the Batman animated series, the Dick Grayson version. Kevin Michael Richardson is here as Jason Woodrow, uh, aka the Floronic Man. John DiMaggio is Sarge Steel. Um, I give <laughs> him and his nighttime activities. We don't that we can't talk about on this podcast. He's here, but also he is voicing Swamp Thing in our episode. And we also have Paget Brewster, who is showing off her criminal mind as Poison Ivy, a.k.a. Pamela Isley. And then wrapping up our cast list, we have her co-star in The Big Bang Theory eventually became the new voice of Harley Quinn in the animated series that she served as executive producer for. But today, Melissa Rauch voices Dr. Harley and Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn. She's up there for me with the the Harley Quinn voices. You know, you get so used to like Tara Strong and now Kaylee Cuoco. But yeah, she does a pretty good job. Yeah, I there's a there's one there's one little running joke that was just like, yep, she nailed it. She nailed that completely, which I'm going to probably give like five minutes of time to to dissect. But anyway, now that we have uh, Satsar, our films already set, grab your comically large giant mallet, hop over to the boom tube with us as we start Batman and Harley Quinn. So not Swamp Thing attacks right away. This, we're not waiting. Uh, <laughs> this is Jason Woodrow slash Pharonic Man teaming up with the Poison Ivy, and they're fighting off a number of, of enemies. And at one point, they're like, and the enemies are shooting at them and they're like, stop before the police get here. Are these not the police? Are these security <laughs> guards this strapped at a regular ass lab? The oh, hell? no correction. This is Star Labs. Right. So, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is not your flash Star Labs where they have minimal security. These, these guys are prepared for war. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, you find out that... Um, they are here to steal some information related to Alec Holland slash Swamp Thing, and they definitely get away with it before we hit the credits, which are very fun. Yeah, I love this. This is kind of a kind of like those typical '90s movie kind of animated style credits uh, where you just see Harley Quinn just like pulling pranks and messing around with the dynamic duo and the rest of the villains in the film. Think of like, was it Spy versus Spy or that movie Rat Race, I think, where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it was like Whoopi Goldberg and all that. It's just very comical. And honestly, it didn't even feel that long to me, but it definitely took a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> very, very similar. We started our film now that the credits are wrapped. We see that, um, you know, the Gotham blimps are back. So now we see that the dynamic duo are in this lab they're in star labs trying to figure out what went down batman's getting all the information nightwing is here he's supporting a new hairstyle um you know he's got the i want to say like a fade with some bangs on it (laughs) um and here we get like a really good intro into who is swamp thing (laughs) 
even though again is this like getting leaf leafly profiled yes. <laughs> is this what this is yeah I, I think he should talk to a defamation lawyer because <laughs> they just assume right off the bat and uh yeah we get a nice quick origin story to to swamp thing and batman and nightwing with their investigation they realize you know what we need to attack multiple fronts one of those fronts is going to known associates since poison ivy was involved and one of the associates is harley quinn who somehow got paroled i I, look look i know harley quinn is now an anti-hero but parole (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that one (laughs) I'm assuming that these are after the case of Jason Todd. They were probably like, you know what? He he. I guess he came back to life. So they were like, well, we'll cut off. It wasn't murder, but we'll still though. She's probably analyzing the psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum, and they wanted to kick her out. That's why she got put. <laughs> it's like what we're not going to do is have you tell me how to do my job. <laughs> so now they're on the hunt. Um, Batman decides to follow up on the lead to figure out what. Jason Woodrew and Poison Ivy were trying to find out. So he heads on over to Argus where he meets Sarge Steele as Batman using his deductive powers of blackmail. Uh, Gets the information that he needs about Harold Goldblum. Who is this sergeant? Like, is this guy an actual DC character? (laughs) Because he's trying to get it in with Shiva. He's got, he's just got this weird like vibe with Batman and I'm like I don't I've never seen Batman inside of a building talking to an ally that wasn't Jim Gordon for this song like he really is like hanging out with Argus in this movie yeah this is a detective spy basically from the olden days this is a one of those DC heroes that just didn't become a superhero but also had their own titular series it seems you know I guess this is just really a guy who made his way up in the ranks of Argus. So I think this is more for the old school comic fans just looking, trying to pull from a character that existed in the past, trying to give him some cred and also talk about his nightly activities. Yeah. It involve uh, things that Batman can blackmail him about. <laughs> uh, so he does get the information. Batman gets the information from Sarge Steele about, the, about Harold Goldblum, who apparently is a scientist who specializes in the creation of pandemic terrorist attacks, biological attacks. So things like anthrax and all that stuff. But Batman decides to go upon this lead as he, as Nightwing now goes on the hunt throughout all of Gotham to try to find out where is the last whereabouts of Harley Quinn. And he's legit asking every single person, including my man, Morty. Oh, Morty almost cracked the case wide open. (laughs) Morty was on something. That old man mixed up memories. But eventually, and it's also funny to see Nightwing walking on the streets of Gotham just very casually. Nobody cares. It's just like (laughs) full suit. Full suit. (laughs) Full suit. And eventually he stumbles upon a restaurant called Super Babes, where you have these waitresses dressed in skimpy heroin and supervillain outfits um, serving food, pretty pretty much Hooters Mm -hmm. with the superhero theme. When I saw this, I was like, immediately, if you had this in real life, the line would be out the door. 
Like, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm wondering why this does not already exist. Yeah, I was, because I was like, and that Batgirl costume, Jesus Christ. I was like, what is the rating? What's the rating on this movie? <laughs> I'm not mistaken, we got ourselves another PG film. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> PG? No way. PG. No way. With that, this scene alone, on. Um, <laughs> But while he's looking in at the girls, someone tries to get a feel for the Harley Quinn waitress. And Dick Grayson realizes, no, that is Harley Quinn. She's made the very smart decision to hide in plain sight. And he decides to follow her home. Yes. Um, y'all, y'all don't follow people home like that. That was just weird. Anyway, um, Harley, I think this is a really cool scene here because as she is walking through the streets of Gotham without her typical Harley Quinn makeup on, she's, you know, just basically doing a crossword puzzle. As she's walking down the streets, you see the transitions as she's heading to um, this like really abandoned area of Gotham. And as she's about to open her door, she just says, you know, you can already come out the shadows. I know you're already here. And this is when Nightwing comes out. And the two of them are having a conversation where Nightwing is being really pushy about what's her knowledge of Poison Ivy and what she's truly up to. Yeah, I do love this confrontation because Harley hits him with her bag, revealing she had a 10-pound weight in her purse. <laughs> that's that's pretty damn smart. <laughs> So, yeah, they get into a fight. Nightwing tries to use a shield like Captain America. Doesn't work too well for him because Harley, again, she's so, she thinks seven steps ahead. She has a ring with low-grade Joker venom that she manages to hit Nightwing with, which essentially takes him out of the fight. As Nightwing is knocked out while laughing, we get, um, we get Batman who is just being so mean about the Argus <laughs> staff while he's investigating. Yes, yeah, so they head on over to the home of uh, Dr. Harold Goldblum. As they're investigating, Batman finds a leaf on the ground. And I love Sergeant Steele's comment on this. He was just like, great, Batman, you've cracked the case. You found a leaf next to the other plants that Harold Goldblum has in his apartment. <laughs> Uh, but Batman does point out that this leaf actually belongs to the body of the Floronic Man. He was like, somehow I can detect that this is a leaf from another dimension because there's no type of flora that grows like this within on Earth. And this, at this point, Batman even points out, it's like, man, your uh, your CSU team does a pretty crappy job when it comes to investigating things, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, damn. All the payroll just got hit by Batman at once. <laughs> so Batman realizes also that Nightwing is out of contact, which cuts back to Harley's room. She lives alone in a condemned building. How she has electricity, running water and stuff. You have to figure that out by yourself. Uh, <laughs> and we have an interesting conversation where Nightwing is like, why are you waitressing? You're a psychiatrist. And she makes a valid point. Not too many people are going to want to hire Harley Quinn as a psychiatrist, given her extensive criminal resume. So she doesn't have many choices um, left. But because she wants to help 
Poison Ivy, who is a close friend of hers, she decides to ally with Nightwing. And as she's changing into the appropriate costume in this PG movie, corrected uh, it. Now we have now found out this moment is now PG 13. Okay. Okay. There we go. So we can say the things that actually happen. Okay. Because uh, there's some stuff. So as she's basically half naked, <laughs> um, she notices that Nightwing is reacting well to this site and they just decide to hook up. Mm hmm. Uh, also, wanted to point out that Nightwing is taped to the bed, um, fully taped to the bed, like he is restrained completely. So, but we do find out that it did seem like it was consensual on both sides. So, as now Batman is trying to call into Nightwing, he's realizing that Nightwing's not responding. So he goes using a GPS tracker that somehow he has on Nightwing to go find the whereabouts of um, of Nightwing. Um, I do want to point this out because I, I think this is a really <laughs> funny joke that could have been beat, beat to death, but honestly, it still worked every single time. Where because Harley, um, Harley in the majority of this film calls Nightwing Nightwig, and she points out after Nightwing points out to, tells her that you know that's not my name, it's Wing, not Wig. She says, oh, my bad. I just assumed that it was connected to the bad mullet days that you had. And oh, my God. Like that to me, um, you know, being a Batman, the animated series fan and seeing that terrible, terrible mullet that Nightwing had for all these years. I'm glad that we at least acknowledge it was not the best hairstyle. Yeah, the 90s are over, guys. Uh, long <laughs> over. Mullets will just not do it. Yep, no, but like Joe Dirt, like, no. Oh, God, the Joe Dirt. <laughs> He's got that Joe Dirt hairstyle. <laughs> so we briefly get a scene with Poison Ivy and Woodrow where Poison Ivy says humans will not give a crap unless we force them to. Her big plan essentially is to uh, turn the earth into hybrid um, plant human people. And I'll just say, get this out of the way right now. This entire Poison Ivy plan seems to be what Harley Quinn is parroting in season yes. in its latest season. <laughs> <laughs> like the the entire plan is the same. It's the it same is. plan. It is. All every single person involved is the same. It's it's hilarious the fact that was I think now like this movie coming out in 2017 and this is the 2022 um Harley Quinn season, like the five years later, the fact that this plan is still in effect and it still gets parody is hilarious. I this film was ahead of its time. Yeah, <laughs> it called it. Um, so while we find out after we find out their plan, we get <laughs> Batman finding Nightwing and respect. He quickly realizes what's going on. He doesn't bust in. He's like, I'm gonna respectfully walk in, make sure they're clothed. And once he's done, he's like, all right, guys, um, let's go. <laughs> he just looks at he just looks at Nightwing, who is like, you've never hooked up with a supervillain before, huh? Uh, <laughs> and they start to broker a deal where Harley might get some good information for parole if she works for Batman. Batman immediately refuses, like, no parole. 
The only thing you're going to get is I'm not going to throw these hands at you. Uh, <laughs> that's your reward. And somehow Batman takes the evidence he's collected so far and figures out the entire Poison Ivy plan. There was a leap in logic. Though. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. I, I, the only, I think not even Superman could leap in a single bound as much as Batman did with that plan. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> So now that our dynamic duo, Batman and Robin have turned, or Nightwing have turned into the, the, the terrific trio with Harley Quinn joining in tow. Harley reveals that she has an idea of where they can start looking as she suggests that they go check out and reach connect with um, Poison Ivy's top henchman, who in that moment, she points out that the guy is right there. And this leads into a crazy chase scene throughout Gotham, which I loved every second of it. Who the hell is this guy? (laughs) I need to know his trainer immediately. This man was jumping across rooftops like he's Captain America. (laughs) He's just a regular guy. Clearly, Gotham must train you just to to avoid all criminal scenarios. You must be able to leap buildings. This guy was like an Olympic sprinter running away from Harley Quinn. I was (laughs) like, did you and and, and Jefferson train at the same... (laughs) Olympic camp because god damn this guy was leaping uh, eventually they catch up to him and it's revealed that he is just a guy that stood <laughs> Harley Quinn up for prom and Batman is of course pissed because they spent time chasing this guy when they could have been investigating so Harley reveals in reality you have to go to Bloodhaven to find who you're looking for and on the way to Bloodhaven, uh, her meal comes back to haunt them. Uh, yes, those Hawkwoman Atomic Wings. Um, <laughs> I just love the name. Again, please, please, petition for this episode. Please create a real-life Super Babes restaurant. I just need <laughs> to try this food. <laughs> um, so she says that the the wings are more or less flying back up. Uh, they're, made, they're flying around in her stomach as... This turns into probably the longest running fart joke that did not bother me whatsoever. As Harley is just farting in the Batmobile, Nightwing can't take it. Um, He's pleading with Batman to roll down the windows and Batman just says, nope, it smells like discipline. Um, But that wasn't until... He got a dose of the second fart, which even made Batman cower in fear. Yeah, I was like, are we in a Teen Titans Go sketch? <laughs> because course. that's what it felt. <laughs> of course. And that's why it's the best scene of the film. No, <laughs> we finally end up in the bar in Bloodhaven where they're looking for Shrubby, uh, appropriately named Poison Ivy Henchman. And basically what is the villains henchman bar where they get a moment to just relax i guess while they're where their boss is up in arkham and or in iron heights or wherever you find your gotham um, villain being placed so this here is another great fun scene as we see that the way that the henchmen de-stress is by basically coming together dancing drinking and performing karaoke to such Great forgotten entertainment classics like the 1971 song Don't Pull Your Love by Hamilton, Joe Frank, and Reynolds. 
being performed by Min and Max, uh, two of Two Faces goons. I was disturbed by them. I, I can't put my <laughs> my finger on what it was. I like, are they brothers? Oh no, they're not even related. Then. No, Shug, I have no idea what oh, the yeah. status is of this. <laughs> Whatever was going on with them, I was like, do y'all need to go somewhere private? Like. <laughs> Because they look like brothers. That's why I was disturbed because they were singing this very romantic song and they look like twins. Mm -hmm. If they're not twins, okay, that's fine. But if they are twins, step bro, no. Um, (laughs) 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 But um, after a lot of singing, um, one of the henchmen tries to mess with Batman by sending him milk. The, the henchman <laughs> I like to call White Tiger. Uh, <laughs> um, and Harley is forced to sing to get them information. Then a bunch of villains decide Nightwing, Batman, they got to go down tonight. And Batman said, I don't need no belt. Takes <laughs> off his utility belt and gets into the mix. Oh, man, this is such a great scene that unfortunately we don't get to see because um, here we actually get a little homage to uh, Adam West, who we actually talked about in our last episode, who passed away this year in 2017. This was just a moment to just recognize, you know, just the crazy automatopoeia that was coming out of that 1960s Batman as we see things like, ouch, break, ow, my balls. (laughs) (laughs) So now the uh, the terrific trio after, you know, whooping the entire club, you know, I don't know about Shrubby, but I'm hoping Shrubby is okay because he looked cool. Uh, he, the terrific trio are in the Batmobile once again, as we get another quick comical scene as they're driving through and Batman is trying to, uh, he calls in to the watchtower and Booster Gold answers the phone. And, you know, basically, he's asking for backup. He's like, this is uh, a Justice League level threat because this could lead it to the end of the world as we know it. Um, so now Booster Gold is like offering different named heroes, the members of Justice League Reserves. And we, the comical thing about it is that we just see Nightwing in the background motioning. It's just like, nah, not this dude. Uh, you know, that dude is a jerk. And honestly, I learned a lot of hand symbols for what jerk means. Yeah. Because everybody else was at a christening at Aquaman's pretty much. <laughs> and the cell service is bad. So, yeah, they reject everybody from Booster Gold, all the Z-listers. And eventually Batman, Nightwing, and Harley get to Poison Ivy. And at one point, Nightwing goes, I said it last time, so you can say it. And Batman goes, it's over, Ivy. Is this a reference to Batman and Robin? Yes. yes if y'all watch um the actual batman and robin live action film with the the bat nipples and george clooney um yes this is a reference to that (laughs) okay just confirming um uh so as they're trying to stop everybody batman the world's greatest detective tries to punch floronic man (laughs) what what was the plan what was the plan man I'm assuming he I'm assuming he thought he was just like a bag of leaves and just disintegrated. <laughs> no, because this guy is tough as hell. He's beating the crap out of Batman. And as the lab sets on fire, 
Ferotic Man decides, mm, let's cut it, let's snip some loose ends like their leaves, kills the scientist they've been brainwashing this entire time. And um, in, a, in a surprisingly emotional scene, Harley comforts the doctor as he dies, tells him that, you know, you did all right, everything's cool. Um, even Batman gives him, which I assume is morphine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes him it makes him comfortable. I'm assuming, yeah, yeah, to ease the pain. And um, yeah, it's surprising to see this moment where Harley is very sympathetic for this doctor because we just haven't seen that side of her, and it really is a striking moment in the middle of this largely comedic movie. Mm-hmm. I also do appreciate there's a um, at one point when when she's comforting him. She tells him to, you know, when you get up in heaven, look at my bubby, which is I'm assuming her grandma. She was like saying that like the two of y'all were really hit it off. She's she'll probably be you are really nice. She's really nice. I feel like you guys would have a great time up there. So it's kind of touching to also see that, you know, again, it's just like the ultimate comforting of, you know, we're this Goldblum was being held against his will. He was doing things um, criminal activities against his will so here's this like kind of comforting moment it's just like in her belief that she's saying that you'll still end up in the good place so now that the building is basically destroyed they have no idea really what to do next nightwing and harley have a bit of a heart to heart you know she calls him nightwing one more time before she corrects herself to show that like she's now respecting what they're doing and and everything and as they have this heart-to-heart, uh, Batman calls for the Batwing so they can fly over to Louisiana to once again stop uh, Floronic Man and Poison Ivy from heading to the swamp waters where apparently Alec Holland was first transformed as the Swamp Thing because they believe now that they need that particular swamp water in order to complete their plan. However, Batman is trying to stop Harley from getting into the Batwing because he still doesn't trust her. He says, you are too much of a wild card. You might end up joining alongside Poison Ivy just because it's a Tuesday. And I don't like the fact that, you know, in a moment where we need everything to go perfectly and according to plan, you could be the deciding factor of us failing and failing from saving the world. Yeah, and she she's able to use her tears, essentially. <laughs> To uh, and says, you know, you Captain Kirk me for info. That <laughs> is one of my favorite lines. Um, and I we makes the point that, like, it, we all Batman always likes his contingency plan, so why not bring in Harley? And he's like, oh my god, my plan B is Harley Quinn. These <laughs> things are bad. Is it too late for Booster Gold? <laughs> um, and and also, we know that. Jason Woodrow and Poison Ivy got to the swamp because in a scene, again, Harley Quinn is parodying this so hard. Um, <laughs> they take some yams, get high, and able basically connect to the green. And through the green, they're able to travel through plants and down to the swamp instantly. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so Batman arrives in the swamp with Harley Quinn, Nightwing, and an entire Argus crew. Um, mm-hmm. which again is very odd to see to conceptualize that all the Argus crew is there. Also, I like how Sergeant Steel was like, I ain't doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and Nightwing has this huge weapon <laughs> that he's wielding. 
I thought it was a skateboard at first, and then I realized it's a giant boomerang that will make soccer proud. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and as they're walking through the swamp, uh, eventually they get to a point where Harley's like, watch out for traps. And she pushes them into a trap because it's Thursday and it's time for Harley to betray them to Poison Ivy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now this is when the second time in our film, actually, when Harley and Ivy come face to face after everything. So in the first meeting prior to the um, you know, the death of Dr. Goldblum and the burning down and destruction of the building, Ivy shares how upset she is that she has to see Harley teaming up with Batman after all of these years of their friendship and everything. Like, you know, there's this moment now where Harley has you know, sided against her. But here upon the second meeting, this is when they're, they have another, con- another confrontation in which Harley's telling her, she's like, you know, I'm joining along with your plan, saying it out loud for everybody, but says to Ivy quietly, like, hey, this is kind of weird. I can't be a vegetable, um, mainly because, you know, back when I was growing up and my mom used to give me pets. And one time she gave me a plant and I killed that plant. And what if I forget to water myself? Uh, so Harley upon hearing Ivy saying that like she has to do this, she has to terraform the earth into, um, you know, this garden state. She frees, she decides to, Harley decides to free Batman so they can join the fight uh, against Ivy and Florida Man, in which we see once again, Batman trying to punch the shit out of Florida Man while Harley and Ivy have a crazy animated fight, which I loved. It was all hand-to-hand combat, no special skills. And it shows to me that, like, we always knew that Harley was a fighter, but Ivy, to, the two of them together, they can they throw in all the hands. Yeah, the fight is very realistic, too. It's very, um, very well choreographed and thought out because it uses their physical ability, um, their natural athletic ability some some of their special skills at points it's really funny as well but once harley realizes she's not going to win this she decides to go for the nuclear option and she removes her makeup which is apparently really easy to take off i (laughs) like all her makeup was gone i was like do you have a makeup wipe concealed in the glove or something listen after the ring with the joker venom i don't i think anything is possible (laughs) that is true but her crying is enough to convince Poison Ivy, forget the plan. I'm not going to do it. But Floronic Man shows up throwing Nightwing and Batman around like ragdolls and tries to snap at Poison Ivy. But Poison Ivy uses the plant force to <laughs> strike back against him just in time. Unfortunately, that's not enough because Jason Woodrow just smacks her. <laughs> just punches her right in the face and that's it we don't endorse that kind of thing of course but it was hilariously easy for him to defeat poison ivy which was for me given uh jason the 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 most jack character of our of our film absolutely however there is another (laughs) (laughs) because as jason is about to plunge the virus into the ground so that he can um, into the swamp water, rather, so that he can terraform the earth. This is when, from the depths of the swamp, Swamp Thing, in his, like, 17,000 feet tall glory, comes from the ground, 
to let Jason know that he's wrong for what he's trying to do, what he's planning on doing could hurt the green. And that's, and this, this shakes Jason to his core. Our heroes are joyfully celebrating. They're like, yes, we finally got the backup that we needed. There's no way that Jason can ever beat Swamp Thing. And as they're listening to Jason get, basically get in trouble with Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing then says, however, it's also not my place to judge on the actions of the participants of this world and starts floating back down into the, into the swamp. And our heroes look on in just like anger and disappointment as Swamp Thing just leaves Jason alone with the virus so that he can go ahead and terraform the earth. Yeah, you think Swamp Thing using that old Piccolo technique would actually do something, but <laughs> nope. So now Woodrow is laughing. The heroes are like, what the hell are we going to do? They're debating. And in the middle of the debate, Harley Quinn goes, he's made up leaves, right? Does anybody have a match? Um, and which responds Nightwing and Batman to kiss Harley and hard cut. We're done. <laughs> no exaggeration. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes we do get uh <laughs> yeah that, like that pretty much ends the film there as we start the credit sequence um there are two post-credit scenes to one where we see that they actually enacted on the plan jason woodrow is running around on fire setting the swamp on fire <laughs> um and then we get this really fun comical scene at the very end um this is i think this is for people who bought the film like me this might be a part of it at the end, we see that Dr. Harley Quinn gets her own show called That Ass Dr. Quinn. Um, she is with a, a guest on her show, uh, Wesley. It seems that after her team up with Batman, Batman gave her a good word that she was able to at least get some work outside of, you know, being rejected, just being a psychiatrist and also appearing in adult films. Uh, so now that she's on this show, it's basically, I love this show and I also wanted to see this come into fruition is basically Wipeout meets American Ninja Warrior meets <laughs> Dr. Phil. <laughs> I would definitely watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that ends up and wraps the 2017 um, animated feature, Batman and Harley Quinn. Now, before we give our sweet or sour rating for this film, we are going to pause this here because we are apparently getting a call from Harley Quinn letting us know that Hawkwoman and Atomic Wings are flaring back up. So while we handle that, here's a podcast that you should be listening to the next time you're not listening to us. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. So Batman and Harley Quinn in 2017, when this dropped, preceding pretty much a lot of Harley Quinn content that we've been seeing a lot of recently. How does this film rate? Is it a sweet film or is it more sour than the yams that Florida man probably pulled from his body? <laughs> well, after consuming a few of the yams myself to see how well they taste, even though they're frozen, I'm going to give this one a sweet. <laughs> 
Um, I think where I was, I think my sticking point, I'll jump right into my Arte alteration, is because the first roughly 15 to 20 minutes of this movie is played like a straight Batman adventure, mm-hmm. it takes a while, It literally until Harley Quinn shows up, for the movie to really embrace what it is. And it's really this wacky tale it's a it's a batman um tale with like a wacky character put into it in the middle of it and Mm -hmm. like kind of making fun of batman's conventions and how serious he is and once harley quinn is added to the mix the movie vastly uh, improves because it kind of it feels like the movie starts at that 15 minute mark because that's when they blend the humor the drama and they mix the realism and the the ridiculous. You got a man jumping across rooftops <laughs> that shouldn't be able to do this. And then you got a scene where Harley's like, of course I can't be a psychiatrist again. Did you know what I did? So once it gets there, it, it turns into a legitimately great film. But for some reason, the first 15 minutes are played completely straight. I don't know why. So yeah, that'd be my alteration. Just in the first 15 minutes, bring some of that humor and comedy that is in literally the rest of the movie. So we know what it is because it was just a jarring switch to make Mm -hmm. that I enjoyed making. I just wish we could have gotten there a little bit quicker. Yeah. We should just automatically start as super babes, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Just take the movie from super babes because yeah, there's a great, a great theme of redemption with Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just wacky and off kilter enough the plan to work. It's not not nearly as crazy. Every plan has to measure up to gods and monsters in terms of <laughs> how crazy it is. Not quite as crazy as gods and monsters. Um, but <laughs> God, that, that plan, I still think about it at night. I still get cold sweats. Um, but Overall, there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good character development for Harley and a great balance of tone mm-hmm. once it gets the balance down. What do you think? Yeah, for me, man, somebody called a dentist because this movie is sweeter than the hard candy in your grandma's purse. Uh, I, I love this film. That's the way I feel about this. I I do see your point. Like It does take a long time to set up because we do have that straightforward Batman style of we have we see a criminal activity happening we build the case and then harley enters the field and it's just like completely turned on his head but it still works i think for me the main reason why i love this film is just like there's so many random little deep cuts that come up and not only like there's the i just to list a few off the top of my head are harley talking about um, nightwing's mullet uh, there's also just really the the scene in the villains bar, which um, they're they're all fighting. You see the different cartoon, the different um, costumed goons, some of whom you've seen in Batman the animated series, some maybe in like some Justice League episodes, some even pulling back from all the way in the 1960s Batman. Like two of them that I was uh, I I saw was that apparently the 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 goon that gave Batman the milk, the ones that were, you know, White Tiger, that was some of Catman, Catwoman's goons. Um, and oh. we also see that he does the Batusi, um, which i still practicing today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's just a really overall fun film. Um, 
Oh, and one last also just fun connection to the 60s. The woman that Nightwing is dancing with in the bar apparently is uh, designed after the same woman that danced with Batman when he first put the first started doing the Batusi. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. So it's just like all these little deep cuts and Easter eggs um, really just call out to any Batman fan who who wanted to see this film. However, this is not even, this is barely even a Batman movie. This felt like truly like Heart One of Harley Quinn's like coming out own movies of what we've, I've always wanted to see from her and what she really needed because you're not getting a Harley Quinn where she's like connected to the Joker. Um, you know, it's like, it was so wrapped up into that context. Like I, there's a lot of conversations in which people connect um, Joker and Harley Quinn Yet we're now, this is the beginning point in which we're seeing Harley's really stepping out on her own. You know, 2016 Suicide Squad, we saw that she still had this strong connection to the Joker. Boom, 2017, we're already seeing her making it out on her own. Um, you know, seeing the aftermath of what, she, what she's done, like what her connections are. And ever since then, I feel like her character has been growing into this self-identified anti-hero. Um, you know, she because she was never truly a bad person. She just got more or less, she fell in love. She, her mind got warped based off of this feeling of love. But now that she's out of that state, we see who she truly is and how she's combining both of these identities. I also love the fact that we're not seeing her as this kind of like ditzy character. She's proving that she's like really intelligent. Even calling Batman out of his like mansplaining kind of like mess ups in which he calls her a psychopath and clearly states like, no, I'm a sociopath. There's a clear difference. <laughs> So he didn't drop out of med school. He does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, here we have that Harley Quinn has this great knowledge. She's a great character. This is a great redemption arc. Um, there's just so many things that she calls back out to that just show how intelligent she truly is. And why for me, this is like a really great film. Like this isn't really even a Batman film anymore. It's kind of like what we said with like Assault on Arkham. It's like very... Batman does play a part in storytelling, but honestly, you can tell that like it's Harley Quinn who's the who who's the main main person in this in this show. Oh yeah, absolutely. She just takes over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is uh, Batman and Harley Quinn. That's how we felt about it. There's very few comic book knowledge about this, uh, mainly because it is a you know pulled right from the from the minds of the creators uh this is a bruce tim film as we know that bruce tim and paul denny are the creators of harley quinn as harley quinn originally started out as a uh animated series character that jumped into the comics so and her growth since then has been pretty amazing i do want to actually talk about the relationship between um harley and ivy because i think that is something that's been really getting a lot of strong presence that we've seen in the last couple of years. I think since like about 2016, when the two of the characters were put together in, um, in a more romantic relationship in comics. Um, since then, it's been something that fans have been pushing for, but their history runs like really deep. Yeah. So the 1997 movie. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, pretty close. In 1999 is when they first actually appeared working together. And this was in Batman, the animated series, or the new adventures of Batman. It gets complicated between season three and season four, unless you're like really paying attention to the stuff, which I guess I should be. (laughs) 
But in the episode, um, Harley and Ivy, they team up. Um, it's a little bit of like kind of like a case of circumstance. They team up for a heist after the two of them cross paths. But since then, we've been seeing them team up constantly. We saw them in that Static Shock episode that we covered. Actually, if you go back, I believe it's the season three premiere Static Shock in which they've worked together. And they've been working together since then. They've had their falling outs at times, but eventually... Again, this turned into a romantic relationship between the two. So having that the two of them meet again in this film is really touching because you get a sense of Harley and Ivy are really these great friends here in this film. They they are both probably like two individuals who are super smart because, again, it's Dr. Harleen Quinzel and Dr. Pamela Isley. And they realize that you know, in their worlds, they have to unfortunately just become criminals just because of the circumstances that place them in there. And they can't have another opportunity in a way to seem to pull themselves out fully because as debated in the film that we just um, were talking about as Nightwing kind of like uses his own, I guess his own conceptions and prejudice a little bit about what, who, what a criminal is. And, you know, Carly clearly explains out that like, yeah, I am a criminal. I have a criminal past. However, I'm not doing that stuff anymore. Meanwhile, I can't get a job at any of the work I'm actually credited to do. So what else is there for me to do except dress up in costume and serve you atomic wings? Hmm. So that's why I'm really kind of glad that these two have been building on their relationship, or, or at least the story of their relationship has been building up for all these years because it is a very strong dynamic given the fact that the two of them again are really smart really talented really you know credited individuals who unfortunately just because of what they had to deal with and what they experienced can't pull themselves out of their of this like darker path that they unfortunately have to walk on yeah it's still interesting that a lot of harley quinn stories don't really explore this at least on television or um any media it's like She's been shoved to a Suicide Squad twice in mm. movies. Harley Quinn, definitely for all its brilliance, doesn't really address uh, that much aspect of her because she still wants to be a supervillain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, that's how it goes. So it is interesting to see her explore this, uh, this willingness to reform and um, just kind of step away out of the shadow of the Joker. It, it really is a nice story beat that i think should be taken advantage of a lot more mm-hmm. i hope like we start getting more stories of harley quinn rehabilitated um if we're going that route but yeah i think that's what makes the story so strong at its root that <laughs> root um <laughs> it just it just tries to tell you that what happens to a batman villain afterwards you know mm-hmm. we sometimes see freeze or man bat you know, do stories like that. But what really happens to a Batman villain after they've done the work and yeah, tried yeah. to improve and they have to go to Super Babes for a little bit to get back on their feet? You know, that's that's uh, that's how it goes. So, yeah, that was a, va- a fascinating turn for the story to take. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the first time that we've seen also in this film, we get a chance to see Batman and the, or the, dyna- the Bat family team up with a formerly... Um, 
former criminal in some way, shape, or form. It's not the first time it's happened. You know, in some comics, they, we've seen that Batman has reluctantly teamed up with some other villains. Like, he's teamed up with Deathstroke, Deadshot. Um, there is a comic in which he does team up with the Joker, just because the two of them are both infected by the same virus. But those are moments in which it's just, like, it's based off of convenience. Like, the two, the, these characters have to, unfortunately, work with batman because it's just like here i am trying to save myself or save an individual or you know we just cross paths because you know like league of assassins apparently was just pulling from everybody yeah. but now it's just like we have harley who is like really actively just saying that like hey, hey i i do want to save the world i do want to um help my friend and but also here i am trying to show you that like i can be a good person i really am enjoying these stories i'm very much looking forward to seeing more of them you know i'm also very much also looking forward to seeing harley operating as her anti-hero self with the giant mallets um or baseball bats we've been seeing for a lot more and more continuity (laughs) but yeah overall i'm very happy with this film i'm glad that it got created i remember that when it first came out i was a little hesitant just because i was just like we were at the the cusp of the animated movie universe where we had all these connected stories from um, Justice League War to Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. And this was just completely out of the continuity right at that moment where it was just like shit is hitting the fan. So the fact that we, you know, I, I definitely will say that I was like a little hesitant to watch this film, but now it's like one of my favorite DC animated films because of the fact that it's just like, it takes again, that deep dive into Harley Quinn as a character and, introducing you know floronic man and swamp thing into this into this world where they have like more speaking lines outside of the unfortunately failed swamp thing series from dc universe yeah yeah and that was pretty cg was pretty good Mm -hmm. um just uh those taxes taxes (laughs) always taxes are the greatest nemesis of the dc universe (laughs) joker said it wesley snipes said it it's just like pay y'all taxes (laughs) don't mess with the irs (laughs) but yeah don't judge a book by its cover for this one i think it's very easy to make assumptions of what this is going to be but go into it with an open mind and i guarantee you're going to have fun Mm -hmm. with with this one and it's definitely one of you know we've seen all the batman tales (laughs) we've seen them all and instead of going and trying batman ninja you know try (laughs) this is one that's definitely worth your time Mm-hmm. and speaking of batman films it looks like next week's own is not going to be a batman film oh god yes <laughs> yes we are going to take another deep dive into another very comical um dc animated film as we discuss the greatest film of our generation teen titans go to the movies oh boy <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we are continuing on with our sweet or sour season with this one. We're going to see if, um, you know, if the Teen Titans Go characters can actually measure up after a couple years. Until next week, take care of yourselves and remember that, uh, you know, if you can, I'm not entirely too sure the legality of it, but it seems possible to actually carry a 10-pound kettlebell in your purse. Um, Tote bags are getting bigger, y'all. And if you end up at a real life super babes restaurant, don't don't touch the women. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. Just like a museum. 